Well, holy shit, I actually managed to do it. After procrastinating for ages, I finally managed to produce an audiobook version of the Lunatic Fringe book. It's currently available on all Amazon sites, audible.com, and shortly on iTunes. And if you're the page-turning type, it's also, of course, still available in Kindle form, paperback, and uh, hardback on Amazon. Ten hours and ten years worth of Blue Skies Magazine's articles, all available to you right fucking now, including a few author's notes and even an apology or two. Enjoy. In a world... Mate, hold up. We said we're done with the serious intros. Who's it? Well, we did. I don't remember that. Well, I said it, and you're me, so, you know. Well, I don't care. In a world... Uh, hey, I told you. We're keeping it light. You do it on your own, then. Well, technically, I already am, so... Anyway, fuck yeah, pure wild flight. Get it down, ya. How good? Visit nzaerosports.com. I get to do the next one. Well, obviously, you moron, we both do. Of course. I absolutely love the NZ Aerosports business model. I mean, come on. One glance at an Icarus fuck yeah sticker and you know it lines up perfectly with the fucking pilot mentality. But outside their wonderful use of colorful language and a great company vibe, there's a long list of reasons to say NZ Aerosports fuck yeah. NZ Aerosports blows me away right out of the gate as a canopy manufacturer with a bold offer. They give you 10 jumps on your brand new nylon to decide if you want to keep it swap it out, or even return it for a refund. I mean, seriously, how incredible is that? That's like getting halfway through a prom and deciding you prefer the slightly racier date that goes down faster. Seriously, they do that. If you're not madly in love with your new canopy after 10 jumps, they'll let you swap it out for another size or model, or even get your money back. And the range of canopies they've got? Man, they've got a style canopy to fit every jumper and every situation with models you know and trust like the Sapphire 3, the perfect choice for the beginner or intermediate canopy pilot, the Crossfire 3 when you're ready to kick it up that elliptical notch, the JFX 2 if you're looking to up your new swoop game, the Leia as the workhorse and dirt water dirt beast, or the Petra. The Petra cranks out crazy power and is nothing short of a record breaker. But hey, it's not always about speed either. Take the Kraken. Built as a low pack volume canopy specifically with wingsuiting in mind, she gives you all the performance you're looking for with the reliability you need that'll have you itching for that next formation, rodeo, or puffy cloud. So, the equipment is top-of-the-line kick-ass stuff, as you already know, but how about the team? Well, the customer service gang is there to sort you out whenever you need them. Maddie and Beto are always there to help with Jen holding the reins. They're available for you at sales at nzaerosports.com, and they've got a kick-ass live chat tool on the website if you're wanting to hit someone up right away. These are the crew you're going to want to talk to to get those custom orders in. With the stock nylon, once you know what you want, they'll have that shit on a FedEx truck as soon as the credit card machine says approved and get you in the air in no time. For your custom orders, you'll be able to get a time frame for building and shipping when you design it, so get to it. And demos. They've got demos in the U.S. available from their partner Rock Sky Market. 
The whole U.S. demo fleet is there with Sapphire 3, Crossfire 3, Kraken, JFX2, and Leia canopies in a range of sizes. They also offer student and tandem demos in the U.S. Bottom line, every step of the way, NZ Aerosports is there to get you what you need, and I personally couldn't be happier to be teamed up with them here on Lunatic Fringe. And now, time to get started with Lunatic Fringe Into the Void, brought to you proudly by NZ Aerosports. Fuck yeah! Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! Back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void. And before we get started... Cheers, mate. Cheers. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I got Who the fuck are you, and what do you do? Uh, I'm Jamie Webster. A lot of people know me as Big Dummy. <laughs> as Big Dummy? <laughs> well, I'm big and dumb, man, so it's pretty... All right, fair uh, enough, fair enough. All right. Label on the tin kind of a situation. All right. Uh, I'm a professional skydiver by all... Definitions of the word. So when you say professional skydiver, you're like, what, a jack of all trades? You do a little bit of everything? A little bit of everything, man. And yeah. is it just work or is... I mean, no, it's the hobby for sure. So it's living the dream. It's the whole fucking bang, right? <laughs> it's You're one of those lifestyle guys. Oh, man. Yeah. I know, because I got to pry you fucking guys away from the tunnel and work yeah. and fun jumping. You're one of the ones that's like always on the plane for the staff load. For sure, man. 100%. Assholes. Yeah. But I'd, uh, it's a 50-50 with the beer light going on. I'd li- <laughs> I like a beer just as much as anybody else. Yeah, fair enough. I can feel you on that. Beers after the, the fun jump. Sure. So, uh, uh, as is the regular with the podcast, we're going to jump you all the way back to the very beginning. How'd you get started in anything extreme? Um, uh, like, uh, for me, I was jumping off my roof into trees as a stupid little kid. What, yeah. How did you get started? I don't know. I suppose when... Uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I keep the yeah, keep the wine flowing, man. Get me talking. <laughs> uh, I suppose when I was about 14, 15, started doing, like, freestyle BMX. That kind of probably... Oh, really? The little switch happened where, you know, you're at the top of a ramp and you probably know that you're going to hurt yourself when you drop in. Sure. And it's that mindset like, all right, get the pump-up song on and drop in and sure. send or whatever flip or a tail whip or whatever. That shit's, I mean, fucking intimidating. Big yeah, time. like I was not very any good either, so I broke more stuff than I landed. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to make it a little bit scarier when you you know when I you suck know at this. When you know your shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, you were how old when you started uh, this? Uh, I'd probably say 14, and then the older you get, you know, 15, 16. Sure. I think I had a moped at the time, and I would strap my BMX to the back of the moped and go to the skate parks, whatever, and nice. cruise around. But it was a cool period of my life, you know, like you're starting to get the ropes of being a young teenager and you're going on the trains and you're going to these different kind of towns you know only a couple of hours away from where you live but sure you get a bit of a a bit of a grasp on uh on what's going on a bit so. now where was home in leicester in the uk leicester in the uk yeah so just hop on the railway and go do yeah that's it man we went just to go to birmingham we used to go to kettering and corby there's some cool places out there. nice nice so you start out on the, the BMX things, kind of give you a taste of uh, uh, stupid things can be fun. For sure, 100%. Um, and uh, where does it go from there? Um, probably just kind of going on whatever was fun. Like I got into motorbikes and um, went on ski holidays and just kind of 
sure. always watch those videos of other people. And sure. I was, yeah, I was just. Yeah, that's right. So you're, the, you're the generation that got to grow up watching fucking videos. For sure. And then I just see these guys flying down the mountain in these suits. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And that looks pretty rad. And yeah. That's kind of the. That's kind of the. Wow. Well, and then I went to, on a ski holiday and I did a, I did a tandem paraglide. With okay. Some guy, you know, you, you've got the, uh, and you ski off a little bit and it sure. pulls it up. And I'm like cruising through the mountains, looking around. I'm like, wow, like being off the ground is sure. sick, like super into this. And a lot of my friends back home were kind of doing like tandem skydives for charity, you know, when we were at school. Mm. And I'd seen these videos and I'd done this thing and I was like, I don't want to do one for charity, man. Like, I want to do it for me. <laughs> I want to do it for me. I want to do, you know, and I, I still have it. If you go on YouTube and you look, why I skydive or something. It's like one of the highest, it's an absolute mashup of just some random dude skydiving. It's got sure. loads of views and looking back at it now with what I know, it's, it, there's definitely some bits that uh, a bit loose or oh, whatever, sure. but you look at it, you had no idea at the beginning. You uh, know? Sure. Well, hindsight's always 20, 20, yeah. right? I mean, I look back at the original Point Break video, which for my generation of skydivers was like the linchpin for all of us. That's what started all of us off. And now you just look back at it and go, Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the skydiving scenes are still a lot of fun, but we make fun of them because they're so unrealistic and so unhinged. But it's funny when you get to look back at shit like that. Yeah, for sure, man. So, and I've talked about people that kind of got started the way you apparently did to a number of people because it's the YouTube generation now, right? And and, uh, the topic has come up a bunch of times on the podcast of people that got started because they saw people doing shit that were next level on YouTube. So you're pulling up videos and deciding, I want to go do that. And you're seeing the the most extreme of the extreme. I've seen it from both sides. I was that guy, and then I've also been the AFF instructor when some guy comes to the drop zone and goes, yeah, I want to do wingsuit base jumping, and I'm just like, fuck this guy, man. Like, right. I never was really kind of like, well, I've, you know, I've been jumping eight years, and I've never, sure. d- never done a wingsuit and never done a base jump. Sure. So, like, uh, I still love that shit, but well, but, but gone I full mean, circle on the thing, you know? That's part of uh, um, getting your start in something and then realizing, Oh, this is there's a lot more to this than just. I mean, the guys that are doing that shit is something else. Yeah, for do a showman. It really like, is, especially where we're at now. There's a lot of guys that are leading the way with that, which is over the top. Yeah, for sure. So first jump, first jump didn't go so great. <laughs> Maybe I should have done a tandem first. I don't know. Oh, you did an AFF first. I did an AFF first. I did my ground school, and obviously anything in the UK is like. You do your ground school on the Friday, and then fingers crossed for good weather on the weekend. Right. Oh well, it's the know, UK. It's like yeah. So I think it took me seven months to to finish the whole thing with the going back to the first one. Like, did the ground school kind of had a grips on it? Got in the plane and just jumped. No watch. No nothing. Really. One instructor pings off. The other one's clinging on for his life, spinning around on his back, and gets me round. And he's like, check the altitude. I'm like, sweet, sweet. Yeah. Look, 6,000 feet, and my brain's like, okay, cool, 6,000, wave off. I'm like, I never looked at an altimeter before, ever. You know what I mean? Like, in the, I never seen how fast it goes down. I was like, fuck, sure. I only just jumped out. I looked at it again, and like, now they're showing me the pull sign, and just the brain is like, I understand the visuals, but I just can't connect the dots right. to do it. Right. And I reach back for it, and I already know that it's already out, and I'm like, 
fuck, it just definitely like, come down. They're like, yeah, dude, like that was pretty shit. Like maybe skydiving's not for you. But if you listen to this, Chris Cox, well, it is. So it, it suck on it. <laughs> nice. So I mean, you're kind of you're uh, the student that scares the shit out of me walking in the door anyway, because you're. In U.S. terms, you're what, like six foot five? Yeah, I'd be six five and a bit, maybe. Six yeah. five and a bit. If you're if you're a hottie, I'm six six. But if you know, me, me and you talking, I'm six off, five and a bit. Man. <laughs> my, if you're a hottie, I'm five ten. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're you're a nightmare. As soon as you walk in the door, yeah, I'm like, sure, I, I know I'm gonna get that guy. I'm gonna jumping out of the pack, so it's got like a bit of a lower door. At the, at the time, I got no idea what. It's a plane. It's a sure. it's a white plane. Yeah, and, and it was probably a small one compared. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's got like the low, you know, you know, Pac-750. It's oh, got many it's hours in it. Got a low door at the back, really, for my size. And looking back, a Twin Otter or Dawn Era or something would have been mega. Sure. Not so great, so, yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds to me like you fucked up your first jump yeah, so bad it wouldn't have mattered if I it did, was a that was, that was the only thing that, I'd, uh, <laughs> that, I, that I cooked, shall we say, on the, on well, the so AFF. You, you land on the uh, the first jump, and they tell you maybe it's not for you. What what got you to sign up for the second jump? Well, it was the first jump, first re-jump of the first one. But yeah. I was like, nah, man, I'm, I want this. You know, I, I don't know. Some people have it, and some people don't That's what it boils it. down to, though, right? I mean, it's fucking desire, because you can be scared shitless, but if it's something you want, you're going to make it happen. For sure. And, yeah. I really wanted it, and there we go. What do you think was uh, uh, what? What was the switch? How'd you uh, how'd you turn on the um, how'd you turn on the headlights, so to speak, in free fall for the second one? Uh, just having a understanding, or like, actually, okay, now I've done one. Yeah. At the beginning, it's like every time you take someone for a tandem, it's like the fear of the unknown. You got no idea really sure. what what's going on, or you know, you have no idea. Sure. And now I had an idea, and I was like, okay, cool, right, I get it a little bit more. And that's why maybe I should have done a tandem. Some people were saying, oh, you didn't do a tandem or whatever. Sure. Yeah, it would maybe have been. And actually, I quite like the progression with the, you take them for the first jump as a tandem. You know, yeah. Biggest thing, you know, they've got the canopy there, the, it opens up. You know, the, for that thing, they're looking at the altimeter. That look, I was like, hey, man, like, when I take you on this tandem, look at the altimeter. Look how slow it's going down. Like, get, yep. a, get, a, get a visual for that. Because when we go for our own jump, you can't just look at it for 10, 15 seconds. And sure. You've got to be doing other shit. And the parachute, I think, is the biggest thing. You know, you can fly around and, like, look, man, this is the landing area. For a start, that's where we're landing. Sure. You know, like, in England, it's all fields and shit. And <laughs> right. You know, you open up and you're flying downwind or you don't know where you're going. Or it's Sure. I, I think these things, when you've got experience and you kind of take it for granted, you jump every single day and you you build this awareness up and this kind of thing. Absolutely. You kind of forget that these people that come have <laughs> zero, like absolutely nothing. Do you know what I mean? It's not like they just watch this and they they get it. Sure. Like, they have to either do it or you have to tell them or, like... Well, they watched fucking people like our friend Nick jumping <laughs> off the Burj Khalifa yeah, yeah. with Matt for fucks. That's what they watched. I mean, nowadays, the exposure to skydiving in air sports for most people in the YouTube generation is not somebody on a tandem. It's somebody just fucking going balls out. For sure. So they really don't have any no. idea what's coming. And the amount of time and training and dedication it takes to get to these. Yeah. And even if, you know, I think I have as much time and dedication as as 
most sure. not not all sure. you know there's always more than um, you know but I, I, i'm still dedicated and i push but you know you just get to a point where it's like hey doesn't matter how much i do it i'm still not going to get to the level of of some people do right. you know what i mean it's right. like it doesn't matter how much time and money you know my my normally my always thing is like skydiving is time or money you have sure lots of money and you can just splash it out or sure. you have more time and it takes you 20 years to learn sure the same thing but I feel like sometimes you meet people and you're like, nah, there are people that are, are next level. Beast. Yeah, there's you people that are next beast, level because I mean, th- I think time and uh, jump time and jump numbers will get any skydiver at least to a certain point. Everybody's going to reach at least a certain level of proficiency and go out and be a quote good skydiver or yeah, even yeah, a great sure. skydiver. Um, but the leap between great and fucking next level ninja is huge. Yeah, for sure. And it's I I personally don't think it's a trainable thing. No, no, no. Like it's you meet some people and you teach them it, and in two seconds they've got it. You teach the same people in it, and I wasn't one of the people that got it in two seconds. Sure. I also wasn't the one that took five thousand. Sure. Do you know what I mean, like right. yeah, I'm somewhere in the middle, but these people, you know, they are. Oh, next level. Yeah, and then that's where it's going. That's where the sport's going yeah. with, with those guys. I was lucky in that I picked it up quite quickly, but um, my whole um, my whole experience level and and uh, um, ninja level is capped. Like I have this one area that I'm from A to Z. I'm gonna I'm gonna fit in this area, and I learned quick, but I'm never gonna learn some of this extra shit. And I figured that out actually watching a guy you probably know named Raph fly in the fucking wind tunnel. Yeah, yeah. And I'm watching him do shit in the tunnel, and I'm, I can't visibly see any changes in his body position. But the shit that is happening to his body is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like he's probably moving a heel or his little fucking finger, and he's just done all... And, and he's everywhere. Right, and yeah, you yeah. can't teach that. Like, that's not something you can break down. I can't teach you how to do a triple fucking layout well, out face carving, whatever. By the way, I have no idea what I just said. No, you know, um, you know some things. You know, throwing down the technical jargon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, I can't... You, you can't fucking teach that like you could teach an arch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't. You can't break that down. It's a matter of trial and error, right? But you have these guys like that. And I, I know a guy when I was in Mexico, his name's uh, Sebas Garcia. And, you know, he was like fly for life, top group, 500, right. only 500 jumps, not really that much tunnel, just a complete natural, like, just got it, really body aware, very good balance, like, what, studying the videos and watching, you know, like just, you know, then he's got a job and going and flying with Raf. Right. And he's only there one year and you see them two in the tunnel and you can't tell who's who. You wow. know what I mean? And it's yeah, like, yeah. It's, so there's going to be, there's always going to be somebody better coming, you know, and he'll probably be king in 10 years and then sure. there's going to be someone else come through and it's going to be like, sure. Yeah. Well, that was like, uh, and I've, I've brought him up uh, often on the podcast and had him on a couple of times as well. A good friend of mine named Ray Kubiak, who is one of the OG tunnel ninjas. And I still get to say my claim to fame is that I taught Ray how to fly. Because uh, I was an instructor at the Flyaway Tunnel in Vegas when Ray came to fly, and he was bar none the worst fucking student I ever had. Uh, he was just slightly shorter than you and stiff as a fucking board. And in the Vegas Tunnel, you actually have dead air in between the net and the wall. 
And he would just fucking slam into the wall all day long. There's no way this guy's going to learn how to fly. And he's an employee of the tunnel, by the way, at this point. And then I blink, and the guy's one of the greatest flyers on, on the planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and just bam. And he was, again, he did not take to it naturally. And then all of a sudden, he's like the guy. And now he's talking to me on the podcast going, these fucking kids, man. Yeah. <laughs> They're destroying me. I don't know how to do it. So it's great. I think also right place, right time. Sure. You know, it comes on like, you know, even Middle East, Dubai, Maktoum. Yeah. Stuff, oh, you yeah. know, like who else is getting paid to do 10 fun jumps with your boys for years on end? Yeah. Like, if you don't come out at the end of that, pretty pretty fucking good then what have you been doing with your time oh yeah oh yeah man i remember uh, not, not uh, taking away from anything of those guys but you know what i mean like that is an opportunity of a fucking uh, yeah, lifetime absolutely you know it's I mean? opportunity like, well i remember flying mock tomb and and uh, them just going out and going all right we're gonna jump with a fucking 10 foot long bungee cord and see what happens what well, yeah, because we're trying to come up with different shit, and off they would go. And I mean, who gets to do that kind of stuff? I mean, that's some not me. That's, that's some <laughs> rare air. Not me, man. So you make it through <laughs> AFF in arguably one of the weather-wise more difficult places to learn. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's kind of tough to get a good start in skydiving when you're in the UK. Yeah, and I also like going back from traveling, going back to the UK scene. It's it's a bit of a different. Different vibe. There's it's a lot of military kind of background to it. Sure. So, I don't know. I don't think anybody likes coming out and hanging out on your spare time and people shouting at you. Probably having people shouting at you all week at work. <laughs> I don't want to spend my spare time with fucking <laughs> someone shouting at me. Right. You know? So there's a kind of that stigma to it, shall we say. And I think a lot of people have the interest and the like the curiosity to, to give it a go. Sure. The retention rate, I would probably say, is quite low. Like trying to keep people interested, and like, you either want it. People yeah. either want it, or you don't want it. Yeah. I, I actually, Tim Jones was one of the people. I learned at the same drop zone as him in 40 and whatever. Like that was the drop zone in Hinton and Milton Keynes. Timmy two time. Timmy two time, and like, I remember just like I'm standing there, my student suit that's obviously too short, doesn't fit, with my Pro Tech on, with the fucking radio on the side, like walking to the plane with my 260 on. And there's fucking, who's this guy with this burgundy uh, vertical suit with the Tom Fly, with the chest strap undone, just sunglasses, just walking past me. I'm like, fuck, that guy's cool. And then, you know, his group of friends, they were just all the geezers. They were just the boys, you know, right. they were just a good, they were just a hoot. Right. You know what I mean, they were just, uh, and I just sat there at the back of the plane and I watched them doing six way angles. I had no idea about anything at this point. Of course. They could have been shit as fuck. As soon sure. as they left the plane, who knows how good they were, sure. but all I saw from my eyes was these guys just having the time. Right. Being in the right group of friends and just just loving it. Yeah. And I was like, I just want to be, I want to be there. I, I don't care what it takes, but I want to be not to this extent that guy, but sure. I want to be my version of that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in this environment and just the fun and it just looked the freedom the fun the community everything just beers after the by the fire just sure. you know you know what i'm talking about oh, the yeah. whole shit and i was like boom i'm in i'm hooked yeah, yeah. and i hadn't even done you know <laughs> i'd done 
eight jumps at this point. And sure. I was like, boom, that's it. That's me. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, let's face it. When it comes to cool factor, it's tough to beat something like skydiving. I mean, it's it's very rare, rarefied air, so to speak, in regard to sports. Um, and you get to the drop zone, and the jumpers that have been doing it, even for a little while, have an air of confidence about them. Yeah. Um, which, uh, skydiving is a sport of, of, of fucking uh, man crushes, right? You're like, oh, that guy is so fucking cool. Oh, my God, he looks great in this and that. And the other, All the shit you would never say yeah, outside yeah, of yeah. skydiving, you're like, damn, he looks really good in that fucking jumpsuit. <laughs> You're thinking, I know they've gone a bit tight for me, man. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not got much to show. I'm a, it's a bit cold out here, and I'm a, and I'm a grower, man. Well, I, <laughs> I, I fucking joked around when the uh, the skin tight tunnel suit started coming around. I'm like, that's fucking why I'm never gonna be flying in the tunnel like that. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that shit. But all right, so uh, the vibe kept you. Um, yeah. But how do you start getting? How do you start racking up jump numbers so, enough to? One of the guys that I met on the at the drop zone. He was my packer. His name's Keith. And he talked about this skydive school in New Zealand or whatever, just in passing or whatever. And like, it's one thing to make friends at the drop zone, but you know, I was always on the fringes of the group, you know, because they were jumping together. They were sure. doing, you know, I was cool and we hung out and we were, we were friends, but I was never really like, sure. you know, I'm doing my fucking solo belly out the back and the boys are doing <laughs> right. six way free fly jumps. Right. You kind of like, Whatever, you know, but we kind of hang out and we're talking more and I keep seeing these ads in the back of the BPA mag of like this skydive school in New Zealand or whatever. And, and I, I had, a, I was doing an apprenticeship at the time. I was doing a welding apprenticeship. And, you know, I spent all my times looking at this calendar in the, in the welding bay. You know, sometimes I go to work, work 10 hours and it'd be dark when I go to work. And then when I come out of work, it's dark. It, yeah. I've been in a factory in this, uh, in a welding bay no bigger than what we're in now. Jesus. Just welding a thousand of these away or drilling some holes or just whatever, whatever it was. And my apprenticeship was coming up and I was like, dude, I, I, I want out of this. I'm looking at this picture and I'm going, I want, I want this. I want these guys. Right. I want, and I, and I had the taste from the drop zone. I don't know how long it was. I think I was probably jumping for about 18 months before the end of my apprenticeship. And then when it came up, I was like, dude, I'm just going to, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to put all my eggs in this basket. Nice. I'm going to send it. You know, I was still living at, at home with my parents and shit. So it was kind of a big leap to not only move out, but move to New Zealand. Sure. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. like to all right, jump out let's of airplanes. go. Yeah, for sure. I'm just like fully immersed. My, I knew exactly what I wanted. Uh, and do you want to see like whoever's listening to this that's been to it or had any uh, like interactions with the school? It's kind of got like a 50-50 like rep on it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. and y- it's hard, like a lot of people that go there or have different experience. I cannot say anything bad about my experience. My sure. experience was, it was sick. I just moved across the world and I lived in a house with almost 20 skydivers and all we did in the day was skydive and then we drank beers at night and we hung out and we played games. Sure. And do you know what I mean? It was sure. just like, it was the sickest time, man. <laughs> but I had a... I had the goal and I knew it. The people that went there with zero skydives, you know, I went there with a hundred and something skydives. Sure. I was kind of, a, I knew I was a small fish. You, you know? were the cool guy. Not a cool guy because they stagger the, uh, the courses. So I turned up with the overlap of the course before me. So okay. I turned up with the same amount of jumps as the course before me. So I just slotted into their group. Okay. So I wasn't really with my intake. Sure. And then when they left, then I became like, uh, 
back with my group or I jump with a few of like the camera guys or whatever. Right. But you know, you, these people that like been grown in this like incubator kind of, you know, sure. they're walking around by big bollocks. I've got a hundred jumps and you know, like <laughs> yeah. when they get set off into the wild, then obviously yeah. can sometimes bring a bit of bad rep. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't know if you've ever met anybody that there's, I've worked with one. Some people and whatever. I was actually jumping for um, Ballistic Blondes uh, was an operation out of uh, Paihia. But with Davey. Yeah, Davey and Kelly. So uh, um, I worked for them for a season, and we were jumping in the Bay of Islands. So I was jumping and landing on the beach in Paihia, and we'd go up to Fangare and jump, and and, uh, um, they got a packer. Uh, that had gone through the school. And, of course, he's a jumper. He's been trained to do all the shit that the school certifies you to do yeah, yeah, yeah. and turns up to a bunch of salty tandem instructors because I'm doing tandems. Uh, my buddy Paul is doing tandems. Uh, Dave Cicerelli is doing tandems. All of us had probably, I want to say, seven, 8,000 tandems by that time. We're all in our fucking 40s. None of us give a shit. Yeah. We're, we're in New Zealand to have some fucking fun, and this kid shows up from a skydiving school that we'd never heard of. Yeah, for sure. With an attitude. and With a diploma in commercial with a, skydiving. Yeah, he's got a diploma. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So he shows up with that, and you can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude, I was one of them. What these three fucking American pricks just tortured this kid. Yeah, and and yeah. Adam was a great sport about it, and he did really good and everything. Uh, and I honestly I haven't kept up with him over the years. Uh, yeah. But I remember thinking more than a few times, fuck, I wish he, I bet he wishes he ended up anywhere with us. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, but part of it is that at the end of it, like, whatever, you know, they taught you how to pack. They taught, you know, it's these things that you can't look over. You know, you immerse yourself into this, mm. this sport, regardless of what the school was or what, you know, it, it's become or whatever. But just the simple fact of like, okay, this one thing that you're doing, maybe once a week or three times a month now all of a sudden you're doing it every day sure it, that is exponential in your learning yeah, yeah. You, like, you, you cannot overlook that and yeah and I, I can't say for that reason sure. like that was the leap you know for sure maybe if I had that money spend it on jumps or maybe I'd have been a better jumper at the same time but who is I'm basically paying them to teach me the shit no one wants to fucking sure. teach people Oh, this is the running, and these are the wins. Who wants to sit down? Like I've just done ten tandems. I don't want to sit down and talk to all these guys. To yeah. do it. So that's that's it, and it serves its purpose. And I get it. I totally get it. But it's, and I feel bad also for the people that I was on the course with. You know, because they, they get brought up in this like school environment, and they get sent out to you know most of them were like the big commercial drop zones like your end zone or in down in Queenstown or like all this stuff so like sure. they go in from like this school thing straight to the man straight to the corporate company boom 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 where's the fun jumps where's the zoo dives where's the beers after do you know what I mean there's this whole element of like boogies and all, do, do you know I'm going to a boogie uh, what's a boogie I'm oh, like yeah. How the fuck have you got to two thousand jumps and you don't know what a boogie is? Right. Like, right. Yeah, absolutely. You, go, you should go to a boogie. It's gonna blow your mind. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> you don't know what skydiving is. You just jump out of airplanes. Yeah, and, and it's because then it, 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 this breed of commercial skydiver comes out, and sure. it is. It's a job, and it's like when the corona happened, I was out in New Zealand. Like, well, we'll come come back to the, the sure. question yeah, of where yeah, when, yeah. but you know when corona hit, I was in New Zealand, and. Okay, boom. 
no no Chinese or the, the the borders are closed and okay now now our jumps are going from ten a day fifteen a day to one a day yeah zero a day and like yeah. okay cool well well I don't have a job anymore what's yeah. gonna going on and then you know people are like I'm sending my my mom like mom can you send me send me my welding certificates out email me my welding certificates and I, I needed it like and I was just like no I want this right I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go back to that shit I'm and I moved to Germany you know I moved to Berlin uh, another risk but sure. like I can't give it up sure. I'm gonna do it and. So many of my mates that were there, they were being a postman, they went back on the tools, and I was like, good luck with that, boys, but it ain't for me. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, uh, Corona was a, yeah, it was a real kick in the balls for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure, man. But especially to be at the time in your career where you're getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're finally getting there. You're, You're making that headway, and then all of a sudden, the fucking rug gets pulled out from under you. Yeah. I mean, when Corona hit, I got to admit, my first thought was, oh, thank fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need a break. You need a break. Uh, to be fair, I, I didn't actually have a, a bad time. You know, I kept looking at my friends on Facebook. I'm like, you know, they're all moaning about these lockdowns. Like, I went from New Zealand where I had maybe six weeks lockdown, like, you know, when sure. it all first came out. Yeah, yeah. I lost the job in, I was supposed to go to Thailand and, and go to there. And then when it all hit, they were like, boom, that's not happening. So I just kind of right. hunkered down until the end of my visa. And then it was coming up. And I was like, I made the risk, went to Germany. The rules there weren't super strict other than the fact that you couldn't wear, you couldn't have any skin showing, which for me was super retarded. Like this virus that you can catch. Now I'm not, you know, I'm not allowed to wear shorts and t-shirt to jump in in 35 degree heat. I have to right. wear long pants and long sleeve. <laughs> so <laughs> just dying, like, I'm like, whatever. But, you know, I kept jumping. You know, I probably saved just as much money in five months there as I did in a year in New Zealand. Sure. Like with the Euro getting paid. And then I went to Mexico where they welcomed me with open, ar- open arms. Sure. And it was like the, this whole thing wasn't even happening sure. out there. And it was amazing. It was a breath of fresh air, you know, after that's, almost a year of the bullshit. Well, you know? and that's one of the great things about skydiving as a worldwide community is once you've reached a certain level, you've got a job for life. If yeah, you want yeah, it. yeah, for sure. You really do. You know, unless yeah. you become a pariah, unless you become known as that guy not to fucking hire, and those reputations do follow people. Yeah. But if you're not that guy or girl... You have a job anywhere in the world. I mean, I was lucky enough to get a job chucking drugs with Ballistic Blondes because I just wanted to get out of the airplane for a winter, and I knew the right people. And it was a a telephone call. I got a gig in Fiji because I knew a guy. And they didn't ask for, how's he, he's licensed, he's got to say, yeah, fucking send him our way. Because I knew the right guy. For sure, man. And it's not just the job. It's the sofa to crash on. Uh, yes. You know, it's the people, too. You can't just burn jobs. Sometimes you burn jobs just because is what is. Big sure. personalities, whatever. But you, you can't be burning well, we friends are, and burning people, we, too. We are you know, a bunch so. of fucking alphas. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to think I'm not an alpha, John. See, I'd rather just let someone else take the reins. All right, there's, you know, uh, and I'll just right, cruise at the back. Easy life, man. Let's see this. <laughs> I think skydivers are all alphas, but I think there's degrees. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it sounds to me like you're on the lower scale of alpha. But you have to be an alpha to do what we do. I mean, you take a human being's life in your hands how many times a day? Yeah, you yeah. got to be boss, you know, and you have yeah, to yeah. know that you can fucking do this. Yeah. That's alpha. 
yeah. You know, you're not going to get some, oh, I'm not sure if this is going to work yeah, out. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. <laughs> you know. But I think that just comes from the, the I don't know, the risk is always there. I, sure. I listened to your podcast before and it was like, oh, it's so safe now. It's like, yeah, yeah, the gear and whatever. We've got to the safest point skydiving's ever been. But the ultimate risk is it's still there. We're still jumping out of an airplane. Shit oh, yeah. can go wrong, whatever. Oh, like, yeah. People so, die. Yeah, and it's like you strap these people to you. And it's like I'm my mindset and how I deal with it every day is that as long as I attach them to me, I am looking out for number one. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I yeah. am looking out for myself at yeah. this point. Yeah, you know that mean? always like, used to be my joke packages. with uh, with all my students that would get really nervous. Is one of the jokes that I would use to calm them down would be to say uh, everybody has dinner uh, or everybody eats dinner and we haven't even gotten lunch yet, and you're attached to me and I'm gonna have fucking dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so sure. it's we're, yeah, yeah. we're good, you know. But those things are comforting. People was like, oh yeah, shit. Actually, this guy does it every day and he's yeah. planning on doing five more after this. Yeah, yeah, I have no desire to die. But then again, I was also very blunt. Uh, and I just talked to uh, uh, Tiana um, was the last interview that I did and we talked about you know people will always ask the question does anything ever go wrong yes yeah for do, sure do people die yes I've never lied to a student I've had students look me in the eyes yeah, so yeah. W- there's like w- I mean yeah you could die but we're, we couldn't get killed could we yes we could absolutely die on what we're about to do let's go have some fun yeah you know I try and die I don't really try and with the tandems I don't really go for that approach my my smart <laughs> I, really, I really go yeah dude like double shacks right. like but uh, my students i don't try and scare them but i want to give them like like do you have actions reactions you know like oh, yeah. you know th- this we have to respect this once as long as we respect it even just for like anybody you might have twenty thousand jumps as soon as you do not respect it anymore like it's gonna bite you. Yeah, for sure, man. Like this, there, and I've had my fair share of, you know, I've got, I don't know how many lives I've got left. To be honest, I got a few. Sure. I think I think I've I think I've probably used three of them. Three lives. I'm like lives, lives, and you being the pilot would would I, like yeah, would I like one of them. I, I, please, please, <laughs> by all means, don't fucking. They hear me talk enough. Please tell me, uh, especially about the pilot shit. Ah, uh, well, like I passed my Tanrayan, and then with the company I was working for was like. Down south, it's nice in the summer, and then in the winter, obviously, it's shit, so you can move further up north. Right. So, you know, my friends had moved, and they were the drop zone owners, and they're like, cool, like, we've got this slot for you. Come and come and just do a little fill-in for us while we find someone, you know, right. and into warmer pastures, you know, and, like, <laughs> beach landings and backpacker town, and, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's one thing, being an instructor in the, in the middle of nowhere, and you live in the... In, you know? BFE, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done it. And then there's when you're an instructor and you live in a backpack of town and you, you yeah, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you enjoy it, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm totally down, I'm cool. I got 130 tandems all out of the caravan, and um, I would like to think that I'm not a complete retard of what I'm doing. I'm sure. still obviously completely inexperienced, sure, but you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a crazy trip when you think about it. Somebody has to be the first one. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I don't think people get it when they go, oh, I'm going to go do a tandem. It's like, yeah, but you do realize that <laughs> this guy could have only done ten. Yeah, and you are number eleven. Yeah, yep. <laughs> but he is legally allowed to do that. Yeah, you know, somebody has to be. It's a it's a it's a weird thing to one think about two experience 
for yourself. Sure. You know what I mean? Go through the journey of that. But anyway, I go to this place and, you know, I've got 130 tandems doing them out of the 182. So, you know, I'm a big dude and I don't really particularly like the 182. Sure. Uh, I didn't have a skydiver step on it. It just has the little one, same as the pilot, no bigger than your phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, cruising to this, to this jump and this girl I'm taking, she's not quite a weight charge, which was 95 kilos. So she's a 92 or something like that. So a woman being 92 kilos is a bit, bit of a turnip. A bit? Bit of a bit wide on the hips. Uh, and I wasn't super flash at the, at the landings just yet into, <laughs> into the sand, you know, Doing landings on grass is completely different to doing landings on soft sand. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't just use your feet because <laughs> they just jackknife in and you're going, you're getting a face full of the yeah. of the sand, you know. So yeah. I wasn't too flash just yet, you know. I had probably 30 on the sand. And one of the guys, you know, like looking back at it, probably bad information or whatever, like, dude, just leave the harness a little bit loose on the back and then, like, when the canopy opens, you can get her legs up, move it down towards the back of the knees. Or sure, so sure, turn it into a seat. Yeah, so I was like, cool. So I'd kind of done that and like got her in the plane and I'm scooting back and the guy's gone before me, I'm last out. I'm scooting her to the back and then get my leg out and then she gets her legs out and I'm trying to get my other leg out and I've got my left foot on the wheel and I'm doing the splits and she kind of sags down a little bit and the pilot's shouting, dude, it's three miles past or whatever, like, get out, get out, you know, you're taking a long time, and I'm like, okay, whatever, quick shackers, camera, and straight over the front to then be met with swinging straight back underneath, and I've just got my feet planted on the, the underside of the 182, you know, like, the Y-Mod is caught, now I know, but the Y-Mod is caught on this step. Oh, you know? my fucking so God. So it's a pretty gut-wrenching feeling that when you... When you send it out and you expect to fall off and then you don't, like, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, I tell you, it's a pretty different feeling, man. <laughs> Holy shit. So, so, yeah, I'm there and, like, I know I'd heard about these things, you know, from hanging out in the drop zone and hanging sure. out for beers, like, you hear stories, whatever, and, like, yeah, and I was like, shit, I'm, I bet I'm caught on this fucking Y-Modern and I'm like, all right. Like, and all I, you know, just remember the noise and I'm like, hey, what's happening when we're doing? Okay, cool, get the knife out, get right. the knife out. So I reach in, get the knife out, and I remember just looking at the knife and I was like, don't fucking drop this knife, dude. Like, this is, <laughs> do you know what I mean? For someone with 130 tandems to, like, once, you, like, half the time, you've never even seen what this knife is. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's just, it's just on the back of the harness. Yeah. And then when you get it out, like, shh. It's massive. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> so don't drop this fucking knife, dude. And I'm like, right, okay, cool. And the pilot, the pilot's only got 300 hours, so super fresh. <sighs> First guy having job, you know. And obviously, 200 and something kilos has just gone out the door, and then... <laughs> so, the, so he's trying to keep the plane straight, and then he's actively trying to shake us off, but because of the the shape of the what we caught on, it's like a cross, you know? So right. What's this? Is this your? What's that? What's that yeah, yeah, so he's, he's, well, he's probably yawing and banking back yeah, and forth. Yeah, he's trying, he's trying to get it off, and it's just not... It's not going to physically possible to get us off because we're loaded on it. Sure. And I'm just thinking down there, and I'm like, dude, like I wish, you know, it's all going a million miles now, dude. I can't, I can't imagine going on. We're obviously swinging around underneath the plane when he's doing all these things. (laughs) 
And like, man, like, honestly, man, like, we laugh now, but it's like, I honestly didn't know if I put my arm out, if I would lose my arm in the propeller. Do you know what I mean? Because sure. all I could hear was when I was swinging and just the noise of the propeller being closer. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, if I, do, do you know what I mean? Like, if I do this, like, am I just going to lose my arm? Or like, uh, I don't know, whatever. It's all gone. But the whole thing in my brain was just get off, get off the plane, get off the plane. Okay, cool. Pilot kind of does like a little zero G. Okay, cool. He does a little another one, and I kind of swing up high enough that I get my <laughs> get my arm over the over the strut. I'm like, yes, I'm I'm out, dude. I'm out of here. I'm just gonna do a one arm pull up with 200 kilos on. <laughs> Everybody says that when you're adrenaline and you're super jacked up, Bring you know. <laughs> Can you shit, no. dude? I was like, I was like, Ooh, nah, nothing. And I tell you, that was like one of the worst feelings of this whole experience. And one of them in my life, you know, is that I let go of that bar because I was tired. Out of 10 seconds, sure. I was completely drained. Oh, yeah. So drained. I tried with everything I had oh, yeah. to pull myself up. And I was completely, completely done, you know. And for me to let go of that, yeah. Not you know what I mean? Like I thought I was gonna get up. Sure. I was like, cool, I'm just gonna climb back up. Like and then for you to kind of get there and realise that that's not actually physically possible. All right. To let go again, I was like Fuck. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like so I, I let go and uh, and the, but the pilot this whole time's been looking out the window, seen me have a go at it. He's like, Okay, cool. Does another one. Does another one. Big enough that you know that I, I swing up. You know, like this whole time, like when you look back, because I have the handicam footage, you know, like right. one day I'll show you this footage, man, because you're one, my friend and you're I'm a pilot. Yeah, yeah, you want to see it because it's it's out there, you know, sure. and like so many of the Swiss cheeses, there's so many Swiss cheeses that came into sure. in why this happened. But them same Swiss cheeses were how I got off. You, know yeah. I mean? like, you look at it. What did any of the gear come out? Did the drogue come out? Did the reserve pin pop? When he's doing the neggies, does my... Because my head, because I'm big, man. Like, if he does a big sure. one, my head's going to split the back of the wing. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. I've got no helmet on. I'm just jumping with sunglasses. Like, sure. The, everything. Everything. The, the Oh, believe me. I've already run through at least a dozen different ways that that should have all gone horribly wrong. Yeah, for sure, man. And it should have. It, 100%. And so many people have done it before me, and there'll be more after me. You know, <sighs> there's already been more after me. But anyway, he does this little neggy, and I'll never forget it, man. I could, I could see it clear as day now that... He does this neggy and I get that zero G and I just pop up enough that I look back in the plane and I'm looking at him and he's flying the plane looking at me. (laughs) (laughs) Just for that split second, you know, and then I swing back underneath and it was like, oh oh, my Lord. And then I'm like, cool man, like I can, I can get out of this. I can get back in the plane. If he does another one of them, like I'm back in the door. I'm, I'm going back for the door, man. He does another one and like I have my arm back in. I think it just took enough weight off the harness because sure. I didn't get back in the door, but it just took enough weight off that when he pulled up, it was the most stable 182 exit you've ever seen <laughs> in your life, dude. Came off down the hill, <laughs> through the drove, couple of shackers. Ew, it's your boy. <laughs> We're not going to die. This is the greatest skydive uh, ever. Greatest skydive looked down and with three miles out over the ocean I'm like cool we're landing in the water yeah. <laughs> just like, opened at seven and a half and I was like dude I'll tell you it's the longest one minute and 20 seconds of my life I fucking bet for sure yeah I fucking yeah, bet yeah, yeah, yeah. well no I mean 
as a as an instructor, you're especially by the time that you get to being a tandem instructor, you have ingrained in you enough of an, a survival instinct yeah. to know you're going to do what you got to do, and you're trying to puzzle things out. I gotta give credit to this 300 hour pilot. The pilot, you're the, Billy about. Murgatroyd, if you listen to this, thank you so much. And Billy I would love Boy, to have a beer with you again, mate. For you soon. to think clearly enough at 300 hours yeah, to start sure. doing zero G's, uh, to try and get them off and realize what the situation was. Dude, that's fucking epic. Yeah, dude, and don't get me wrong, he got a seafood dinner and a beer when we got to the... <laughs> he should have got a fucking blowjob for that shit. Too fair, man, I would have gave it to him. Holy shit, man. I mean, no, 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 I mean, really, hats off. That's that's some fucking, that's some really, really yeah. sharp thinking for such a low-time yeah, pilot. Because yeah, you're going to equate a 300-hour pilot to a 50-jump skydiver. You know yeah, just yeah. enough to fuck it up really bad. 100%, man. Like, he kept his head... He did enough without doing too much. That's what I said about the neg. If he if he'd just done a massive one, oh yeah, like that'd have been it. It'd yeah, that'd have been that'd have been me. Like, yeah, you would have been unconscious. Been and, yeah. Um, you know what? My first yeah. flash was uh, if the drogue had come out. The drogue, or yeah. Oh, well, to, if the drogue had come out, that plane's coming out of the sky. It's, yeah, it's or even if she's off. like, to be fair, like I didn't mean to hold the camera in her face the whole time, but you know, you're trying to like keep her arms in, so. The camera's kind of pointed her way for a little bit, and you know, like you know, she, she's crying, and she thinks she's gonna die, whatever. And it's like, it's a little bit heavy, man. It's like, it's, it's like very whoa. heavy. And like, you know, I landed from it, and I was like, I felt completely helpless that whole time. I didn't actually really do anything. You know, I got sure. the knife out, and I was like, I would have felt much better about it if I'd have cut the knife or sure. if I cut the harness. Like, not heroic, but like, it was completely my fuck up. I put us in that situation. Sure. It was my not negligence because. Uh, or borderline negligence, could you say? I don't sure. know. Like inexperience is yeah, what I would call it for sure. And like, I, yeah. But I mean, but to get the knife, sorry, man. It's like to get the knife out and then to do it, but then not to do it. And you know, I basically that's what I'm saying. Like Billy saved mine and that girl's sure. life. You know. For sure. Like, well, I mean, hats off to him for that, but hats off to you for, I mean, clearly you had a, 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 as they call it, a come to Jesus moment. You had to sit down on the ground at some point and go, can I can I go back up? Yeah, well. That's not a fucking easy choice after yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. Well, I was like, I landed and I actually wanted to puke, not only because the harness had been cutting me pretty hard in the legs. Sure. And uh, we'd been under the canopy for from 7,500 feet. Sure. Flying back trying to make it back to the beach <laughs> so, so when i landed on the beach after about a 10 minute canopy ride like i just took one breath out and i could have puked to honest here and i could have puked and i was like and i said so i mean like 130 tandem so like, i'm still fresh as still learning a lot of stuff yeah and i was just like i thought oh yeah we can't jump again because you've bent the the brake hose and i was like yeah yeah good <laughs> Right, right. But same thing. If the brake hose have come out and the art, like so much shit, man. Like Swiss cheese, Swiss cheese, Swiss cheese in, Swiss cheese out. Uh, I mean, my lord. I mean, my big do. I still want to be a jumper. Was I had a cutaway at twenty five jumps and broke my leg at twenty seven. Those were my big moments, and neither one of those were going to fucking kill me. Yeah, and certainly not take a plane out of the sky. So yeah, for uh, sure, man. You must have had to have a conversation with yourself. Yeah, well, it's it's more the conversation after, to be honest with you. That's what like, I mean. Like not yeah. e- not even just like uh, straight after. Straight after is easy. You're like, just get me the rig. I'll get back on the horse. I'll go. It's when you sit down and you actually think about it. Like I spoke to one of the other guys that I started working with, and he jumped out with a seatbelt on. 
and seen it uh, seeing and it was the with the with the Cresco with the automatic door yeah so like he's jumped out he's got the seatbelt on and he's like okay cool fuck I'm looking back up there's uh, there's another tandem to come it's okay he'll cut me off and he looks up and he just watches that tandem jump out over the top of him and he's like <laughs> fuck <laughs> now I'm stuck here with the plane and everyone loves you're a pilot everyone loves flying the Cresco because once everyone's out they can do the oh yeah you can do the big wing overs and you can dive it around a bit I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, would, I, would, I would never do such a thing oh, ever. Uh, my, yeah, yeah. Someone, ever. someone that you know, just yeah. a friend. Yeah. Asking for a friend. Yeah. But, you know, the pilot's gone to close the door, and the door's not shutting. And he's like, why is the door not shutting? And he turns around, and then he sees and the seatbelt out, and he's like, you know, and it all comes to these things. And he, he said to me, he's like, you know, he, after that, I wore two hook knives, you know, because he had a hook knife in the... In the back of the harness yeah, and, and, he, and he had a hook knife on his on his trousers and it was like if you oh kill it kill it if you drop it obviously it's nice to have a second one sure but also the one for him is that he said that because the seatbelt had twisted round he couldn't get the hook knife mouth into the oh, do you know what I mean because it was bigger too than, wide, yeah. yeah so the and so in the second one that he had it was it was a wider kind of angle so you could fit in. But these are things, man, like, you know, the, the beers around the drop zone kind of shit. Yeah. You know, I learned something that day and I was like, there's something you never think about until sure. you're swinging around underneath that plane. Sure. You've never thought about that. And okay, cool. Where would I have cut it? And that's why I go back to that one with the Y mod. Where would I have cut it? Could I have cut it here? I couldn't have cut it here because it's on a, a bungee. You know, sure. it's not going to hold 200 kilos on between our chests. Sure. You know, I'm not cutting this one. It's, it's not possible. I think it was caught on the the heart, the webbing bit between the leg straps. Sure. You know, I think where it's like properly, properly heavy duty webbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it's got it. But more, more knowledge and train of thought. Like, sure. okay, where, how can I like tr troubleshoot this? Sure. You know, like it's not just a complete shock. You know well, what I mean? Like, and uh, I mean, I hate to say it, but the reason that skydiving is, after we've just talked about how you really almost fucking died on that one, how the reason that skydiving is as safe as it is now is because from the very beginning, people have been finding out where shit goes wrong, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, when I had Bill Booth on, he's talking all the stories about when they were fucking designing tandems and, you know, nobody knew about the possibility of something called a side spin. Yeah. yeah What's yeah. a side spin until a number of people went in on side spins and they were, you know, jumping drogueless. I can't even fucking imagine deploying a main canopy without a drogue keeping me at normal. But all this is shit is because yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody landed and had the same thoughts you did. Like, oh, fuck me, that was bad. Yeah, and I mean, I can't, when I see people, because, you know, I was that guy jumping turbine drop zone and you, the Y-Mod, oh, you don't need the Y-Mod. And some guy said to me, I was like, hey, man, maybe you should check your Y-Mod because there's this case where the screw was loose in the door because the seat exits out the caravan and it sure. got stuck. The wire mail got stuck on the screw. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool, I'll do it. And then, you know, you just kind of like, sure. you don't do it consciously. It's not right. like I go, well, fuck that guy. Like, you yep. just, it just starts to, you know, and that was a harsh fucking reality check. And I go, cool, man, like, you never see me now with my wire mod, like, fully undone sure. out the back, you know? And it's like, yeah, and I stopped chucking drugs basically right before the Y mod came in to play, and the Y mod came into play because I'm sure you've heard the the jump. Yeah, yeah. For well, sure. there were, I mean, there were a couple. There was one paraplegic guy, uh, and then one pear shaped lady uh, who fell out of the yeah, harness. Yeah. 
I can't even fucking imagine. For sure. I can't even imagine. So like, the Y mod is a great addition to it, but I'm I've, I don't think I've I've probably done a hundred tandems with it before I hung yeah. up my tandem rating. It's it's just the experience it comes with the experience. But the thing was for me that switched that day, and I was like, I'm super glad that it happened to me at that point. Mm. And for sure, I'm human still. I make mistakes. You know, sure. I might have an off day or this thing, but like, I still think about what that made me feel like sure. to like how I don't want to ever feel like that again. Okay, sure. cool. Well, I'll check. I'll check my gear. I'll make sure that it's good. I'm always looking at the plane going, what if? <laughs> what's what's the what if? Where are we landing? What's going on? What happens if Dean says, jump out, we're fucking going in the water? How close am I to the door? All these things that you, you really, after sure. you start doing instructing and you're sitting there and you have all these times in the plane and you hear all these horror stories, plane crashes, whatever. Like, these are the split seconds or the split decisions that I'm hoping that because I think about it all the time now sure. from that point, thank for having it, not thanks for having it, whatever. But oh, like, yeah. I, that, I hope that if I ever come in that situation again and at least that I've spent some time thinking about it, it just happens by instinct sure. and I just make a decision or maybe I don't try and go for that, I try and go for this exit. Or, yeah. Do you know what I mean? All these things. Well, like, you run through all the yeah, scenarios yeah, yeah, in your head. Sure. I, I Believe me, I mean, sitting up in the cockpit for fucking years, all I do is run through scenarios while listening to music and farting. Yeah. You know, I'm, <laughs> as basic, uh, how, how can I kill 20 people on this load and how do I make sure that that doesn't happen? I don't like this song. I shouldn't have had so much beef. Like that. <laughs> yeah. That's my whole fucking day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't kill people. Fart. Yeah, but it's, you'll be doing the, well, I hope that you're doing the same thing. Like, okay, I'm at this height. What happens if I have an engine out? Can oh, I make it back? Yes. You know, like these things, All these, these and it, I think it may, it, I feel a lot more comfortable. There's, there's a respect. Sure. With the, especially after the, my, me and Billy Murgatroyd, whatever. Sure. But there's a mad respect for when the, because we're basically backseat backseat pilots right we don't oh, yeah. actually know how to fly a plane but we can tell you how to fly a plane <laughs> but when you can fly a plane good you don't understand the amount of respect well sure. you do because we i think we all respect you as a good pilot man but it, it, there's so much trust and okay it's shitty conditions or we're taking off here or we have to land return to land is the worst it's it's bad enough that we can't jump out now sure. we have to land sure this one place in new zealand queenstown the, the runway is is a one-way runway, right. you know? So we're flying back towards this six and a half thousand foot mountain. It's 28 knots, downwind landing. There's no seatbelts in the plane. We're coming over a 300 foot golf course at the end of the runway. So this pilot's doing this mad hooky over the runway. I'm looking at the plane going, oh my God, like, oh my God, like I've got the candy cam going just in, do you just know what I mean? Case. Just in case. So like, you don't know. And then when they just put it down, like it's nothing, you know, everyone claps, but you know, the, you yeah, know, someone's buying you a beer like oh, yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? And uh, it makes me feel much better. Well, you know, it's kind of funny though, because sitting up in the front and, and a number of times being the pilot that's flying in situations roughly like that, and and of course it's just like the tandem instructor that just had a gnarly jump, but you stay nice and calm for the student. I'll never admit to how many times. I'm on final, joking around with the people that are behind me going, boy, I bet you guys are fucking hating this. Meanwhile, my balls are sucked <laughs> all the way up inside me, and I'm shitting my pants because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, 
I don't land people in planes. No, I fucking no, land no. empty, and now it's full on. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I've got uh, you know nasty fucking crosswind. All this, everything's yeah, fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and of course, it's usually after you've had three or four days off. Yeah. So it's full on, and you get the round of applause, and you're like, "Why'd you guys get in the plane if you thought it might crash?" Meanwhile, all you're thinking is, "Thank God I didn't crash." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Yeah. yeah it's just yeah, on yeah. a slightly bigger scale. You know, I mean, I, they, somebody asked me what uh, uh, retiring from flying was like and, and uh, I, the realization that I can only kill me is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. was huge. Like, because I had sold my car getting ready to move and I'm like, uh, the worst that I can do to anybody is like badly bruise them at this point. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it used to be going to work. I could kill 20 people easy every 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, it's very strange. For sure, man. And I think that, there's either some people that can handle it and there's some people that doesn't make us feel so good when we're shouting down information and we're turning around and there's just beads of sweat running down <laughs> the face. No, no one's really saying much and you're like, oh, fuck, here yep, we go, man. Yep, here we yep, go. Yep, yep. You know, if you turn back and somebody's like, you know, they got it, they got the ball by the horns, yep. you know, it's all yeah it's infectious it, man it's infectious absolutely well you're like oh that like, person's got it okay i don't need to worry because he's not worried yeah. which uh goes back to something you said way at the beginning of the podcast which was uh reading your student and yeah. and uh, um you know you you'd have to play 30 second psychologist right what's yeah. going to make this person feel better which was why tandems turned out to be my funnest way to jump because you had to get so good at reading people so very quickly to learn all right, is the horrible, absolutely we could die during this okay? Or is this the, look, I do this for a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you got to figure that out really quickly. And it's fucking fun. Yeah, it definitely is fun, man. It's it a good time. Fun. But now, aside from that, you're an instructor, you take tandems, you do all that, but you still have your passion for the sport. Yeah, so 100%. where is that taking you? Uh, I'm trying to fly in the tunnel uh, a lot, you know. Um, what do you, do you... Dream competition stuff? I mean, are we... Yeah, like if I feel like I'm at a level where I can, I'm competitive, or maybe it's not even just about the competitive thing, if there's if the right kind of people... I think it's if I'm going to spend that amount of time with people, I'd sure. like to at least like the people. I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather, I'd rather be in a team with my mates right. than be in a team with amazing skydivers and just them all be shit cunts, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I'm in a good place right now, trying to like work my way, way in, but... You know, well, when I came last season, everyone was kind of already in a team. They're already like either gods, sure, the guys that are trying to like progress up, which I would like to tag onto the back of. You know, you, you always sure. want to be the worst guy in the skydive, you know, to, to take the most out of it. You Absolutely. Know, like, the guys that I want to tag on, they already had a had a team. So like right now, it's just the last year was a really good year and everyone upskilled lots and we've been flying lots and obviously when you on the doorstep of the 32 foot tunnel then you don't just need three people that can fly you sure. can you can have 10 people that go in and fly it's and a big it's, fucking tunnel yeah man. it's insane every dude, time i look right. at that tunnel all i think is i can get a lot of speed before i hit that yeah one. and i <laughs> and i was my philosophy was that you know that you can have time to fix it before you hit the wall and then somebody burbled me and i hit the wall and i was like yeah, there's just too much space that, you know, like, I had no control and just flew straight into it. And I, yeah. It's the, it's a, um, it's a very humbling thing learning how to tie, fly well in the tunnel. 
yeah, it's a very humbling thing when you smack the wall and you go, shit, that's hard. Sure. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I had a, yeah. a, a guy took me into the Paraclete Tunnel many years ago and, and I misread the signal that he was giving me and I thought he was trying to tell me to do one thing and not the other. And what I did was basically rocket up into the wall like 20 feet higher than he wanted me to be. And, and of course, came back down to the most horrified look on his face and me going, oh, that wasn't fucking fun. Yeah. I'm sure that's not what you meant for me to do. No, no, no of course not. <laughs> and that was all coming from being an OG tunnel instructor where you had to wear the big balloon suits. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've got hundreds of hours in a tunnel. It, none of it means shit in a modern tunnel. Nothing. Are you, still, are you flown in, the, in that one? Um, yeah, so I started in the Vegas tunnel. I was an instructor there. But have you flown in the... Oh, yeah, I've flown in, in, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, big yeah. tunnels as well. Yeah. And, I mean, I can... You can hang. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can. I can sit fly all day long, and and I can get off the net on my head, but no transitions, none of that shit. No transitions. Well, and I'm broken and old. And yeah, yeah, Andrew. I, I well, just, we basically ended Andrew Ford's career. You've had him on. He is a legend. He yep. will always be a legend in my eyes. And if you're listening to this, Fordy mate, we're sorry that we ended your your tunnel <laughs> career. But you know, we we were wanting to go and fly, and we were budding and. You know, you get to a certain level where, you know, you want to try and learn more things. Like, we've tried to learn pancakes or something where, you know, you're making rounds and you're sure. flipping them. Like, you get to a level where you can't do them, but you want to do them. So, you're just going to have to, you're just going to have to go for it. Sure. Like, you can only baby it so much. Sure. You know what I mean? And I think we were kind of running that kind of dangerous line. <laughs> and he was flying with us. And it was like a load of big dudes like 90 kilo plus dudes and he's not so 90 kilos right and i think he kind of caught a bit of a burble and a knock and he wanged out and hit the wall and that was him i never seen him flown in a tunnel ever again <laughs> poor son of a so, bitch so, sorry 40 mate if we ended that oh like, well. cut that career short oh, well i mean i think he and i are, are, are close to the same age so it just hurts getting out of bed anymore yeah, so yeah, yeah. well yeah. man like he's he's a machine man still going full power oh yeah it. yeah oh mad absolutely res- mad respect for absolutely that. well one thing that uh, i will say about scott evers is uh, uh we've got a lot of longevity i mean you learn to deal with a lot more pain than i think the average person does like what i consider to be a slight annoyance someone else would be going to the hospital for uh so and i think you just get that because you just fucking sore all the time we beat the shit out of ourselves yeah you know, yeah, yeah. You know <laughs> it's uh, choices we make yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I've just reached the age where I'm starting to have to pay the bills that I fucking put on the credit card 20 years ago, right? <laughs> so what you're saying is I need a credit card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so especially coming from the UK, what advice do you have for um, the people coming up and just getting started? Or especially because, and of course I didn't realize you went through the, the NZ school. Yeah. For people that are doing that, uh, that are coming up and just getting started, what advice do you have? Uh, what steps did you take? What should they avoid uh in what sense do you mean just for people that want to do it for fun or people that you know budding budding instructors both Uh, i just want to go be a fun jumper how do i you know be an active fun jumper or the i want to be yeah i'm 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 in the life like i suppose for every person it just depends on Finding somewhere where you're comfortable. Sure. You know, when you're comfortable and you want to have fun and it makes you want to do it more, Mm. you know. If you don't want to do it and you're at a drop zone that you don't really get along with, then I wouldn't say just give it up. Maybe try a different drop zone. Sure. 
different group of people. Like the UK seems pretty cool. Like the fact that they have the uni teams, so people going to uni, sure, and they have their own gear, their own stuff. So you got all these uni people coming every weekend. Like young people want to like hang out, drinks, sure. and mad social scene. So okay. like, if you that's the kind of your scene that you want. If you're middle aged, then you want to go something else. But just a vibe. Each drop zone has a vibe. Don't sure. just take the one that you learn at as the be all end all. Sure. Because I feel like too many people don't find that comfortable comfortable place and sure. and don't find their slot into what they want, and it's easy for them to to bin it off. Sure, you know. So well, it's funny that so many of the. I mean, obviously, I've, being in the sport for a long time, I've worked with it and consistently worked with lots of people from the UK. Um, huge UK presence in skydiving worldwide. None of them in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, well, <laughs> you know. So all the the Brits and Irishmen and and Frenchmen, all these European skydivers, yeah. aren't they? They represent there and they go there and jump, but they spend most of their time abroad. But that was the biggest thing about being an instructor, man, and that was it's a ticket to travel. You yeah, know, you've oh, got yeah. your you've got your certain amount of jumps whatever the thousand jumps tandems is the is the magic number yeah. you know once you've got that you can basically apply a job sure just off the numbers and then obviously if you're a good cunt and you've got good references which yeah. you try and you know you it's who you know not like it, again it becomes what you, you know, know you know like it's i think a personal reference gets you a, a very long way man from somebody that's like uh respected or you know, yeah I'd like to put 40 down on my reference if anyone... Yeah, you know what I mean? Like He's the kind of guy who knows a lot of people. Do you know what I mean? That, that kind of thing goes goes a long way. You know, you get these things. Uh, I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you pretty much hit it. That's just uh, basically find your vibe. Yeah, you find know? your vibe, man, 100%. Awesome, awesome. I mean, honestly, you can take the sport any direction or a million different directions you want. You can focus in on just being an instructor. You can be an instructor that wants to compete. You can just be a fun jumper, a weekend warrior. I mean, it's just kind of pick what you want to do for sure. One million percent. And what's cool about the sport is it has some longevity to it. For me anyway, like you can spend as much time on one discipline and you feel like you're getting burnt out and then there's a whole other discipline that oh, you've, yeah. you've not even scratched the surface on. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, you're never going to get... Someone explained it to me pretty good. It's like imagine an infinite level skyscraper and you're just at level one. And when you hit the stairs, you feel like there's, it's going to nowhere and then you turn a corner and then now you can see level two. You know what yeah, I mean? Like you're, you're walking away, you've got no idea. And then you oh, shit, there's level two. And you get to level two and you oh shit now it's all the way away from you again and then you get to level three and it and that is an endless absolutely endless cycle man. well to reiterate something you said earlier as soon as you don't have respect for it or as soon as you think you don't have anything left to learn fucking take up golf yeah, yeah, yeah. stop well, Give it, as soon as you know it all you you've got the wrong attitude yeah golf's not for me though man. yeah fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> so, so. I was like, man, I spend all my time looking for my shit. I don't need to go play a sport where I spend well, my time looking for my and, fucking shit. And, and dude, if you're a full-time <laughs> skydiver, you can't afford to go play golf anyway. <laughs> Jamie, Thank cheers, you man. Team. Thank you fucking very much for having me. Fantastic talk. I'm going to have to get the other two uh, horror stories out of you next time around. <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. Take care. And there you have it. Another episode of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void brought to you as always by, and say it with me, fuck yeah, NZ Aerosports. Head to nzaerosports.com. 
by Pussfoot. That's right. Head to Pussfoot.com, the Extreme Sports Collective, and check out everything they've got to offer. By SummitParachuteSystems.com. Jarrett Martin and the family cranking out amazing pilot rigs, as well as incredible rigging courses. And now joining the Lunatic team, it's the one and only Tony Suits. You know them, you love them. Head to TonySuit.com. Check out all the amazing standards, as well as the new incredible signature line they've got going on. And as for us, the Lunatic Fringe is now on YouTube. That's right, you're going to have the chance to put faces to the audio by heading to youtube.com and looking up the Lunatic Fringe podcast. It's easy. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, check out all the amazing videos from the previous guests that we've had, as well as new and upcoming interviews on video. As always, I am the fucking pilot. Head to thefuckingpilot.net or theprincesspilot.com. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time around. Thank you.